Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, All Kidding Aside, where we talk to all different kinds of women, women who have kids, women who don't have children, women who have decided they don't want them, or women still on the fence. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. Today, we have an amazing guest. I'm so excited she's here, uh, Tracy Hoyt. Tracy has been a professional actor since 1987, a double <laughs> Gemini Award. She's laughing, but it's true. Her career's amazing. Wait for it. A double Gemini Award comedy ensemble nominee for her work on CBC TV's The Tournament. She's also alumni of the Second City Touring Company. She was part of the first three Canadian productions of The Drowsy Chaperone. On-camera work includes Don't Talk to Irene, Guidance and Len and Company, and season four finale of her hit t- of the hit TV series Suits. It's not her. It's my she, show. She, I- she didn't create it, but it, you know, we know Suits. She was on it. She has taught improv for eight years at the Second City Training Center and ran the commercial voiceover training program Pirate Voice for nine years at Pirate Toronto, and other voice work includes voice work on cartoons 16, Bob and Doug, Sailor Moon, Bob and Margaret, Wow, it's Tracy Hoyt. There Hello, she is. Crystal. Hi, I feel like you need to do a cartoon voice to start. Well, I just auditioned to play a cake. Oh my god. So that god. was really fun this morning. All right. A sweet, happy cake. Really? And what, what kind of cake? It was for a commercial. I can't disclose the product, okay. but it was really adorable, and I really want to be a cake. Oh that my would, god. Just to add to the list okay, of well, that's a great, objects I've that's played. That's a great <laughs> cake voice, so I hope that one is yours. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, did I meet you? Were you my student at Second City? Is that how I we was. first met? Yeah, that and is how we yes. I used so to go audition ago. coach you. Like, yes. That's how we kind of began. So I, I think it's very full circle. I, to be I know. Here with you. And I, I love that you're doing this. Your, your career, I'm in awe of it. I mean, you're such an inspiration. And uh, and I love that we have you on this podcast because your to be voice here. is brilliant. So this is going to be oh. like beautifully recorded. Thank you. All. No pressure. Um, <laughs> but no, I really wanted to have you on this. I mean, we, we did meet so long ago, but uh, you are not... How do I? I was going to say you're not a mom, but you are. You're you're a stepmom. I'm a stepmom. A very proud stepmom. That's amazing. One of those gushing. I try not to gush, but I'm a gushing stepmom. Okay. Well, yeah. you have a beautiful family. Like I, I've Aww. seen your photos all the time on Facebook. <laughs> I and try not to overshare photos of because they're very good looking children. They and I are. I try not to share too many things because they're they're too cool to be on Facebook now. Oh, okay. Like it's because we're on, they're not mm-hmm. on. So that's just the way it goes. Fair enough. So let's you know just just get to this. So do <laughs> you want to tell me a little bit like you? Yeah. Did you make the choice to never have children? I uh, Okay, so so first things first. I grew up in a, a family where my parents were separating from the time I can remember. So I was extremely cynical about marriage and about parenting from the time I can remember. And yet I always yearned and longed to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And for most of my 20s and 30s, I was like, I could physically feel the yearning to be a mother. And yet, because I, I was lucky enough to have an amazing stepmother, I actually had several stepmothers. We'll talk about both if you want. <laughs> But because I'd had that experience, I was always open to being a stepmother. And I, you know, I'm a realist. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm extremely optimistic and I'm also very realistic. And I know that, you know, I just read a stat this morning that half of women will be in relationships with men who have children. Oh, I mean, that's a reality I, in our culture. Of course. So I was definitely open to it. And I was, I was single for many years after a, a, a rather, a, a false start marriage many, many years ago. I was single for many years. And oh, did, so, so you were married once? I was married saying. once. Okay. And the hardest part about that marriage was that I knew I could couldn't have children in that marriage. I, I knew I couldn't, I just knew that wasn't going to be a possibility mm-hmm. in that relationship. So I was making space to have children in a relationship. So I wanted to be a mother, yet I was fully open to being a stepmother. So of course, the older I got, that was much more realistic. And when I met my husband, Rob, 
he had three children, ages six, eight, and ten, and so I got the Insta family. I just got the whole package, okay. and that's we can talk about that later yeah. if you want to. Was, was that so re- really early on when you when you met your husband Rob? Was that a discussion that happened early on? Like you guys, you knew. Obviously, you f- you fell madly in love, and mm-hmm. um, but did you have that discussion early? Like, oh what would gosh. happen with the well, children? We overthought everything. Mm-hmm. We dated for almost three full months before I even met the kids. The, his marriage had been over for almost two years. He had dated, but uh, um, none of the women he had dated had met the children. So I, I was very aware that I was going to be the first woman meeting mm-hmm. the children. And, of course, I took that extremely I took that very, very seriously, and I read every single book you can imagine to prepare myself. Like, we, yeah, we overthought everything. But I have to mention this one book that was the most helpful book, which is called Step Monster, which is such a great title, written by a woman named Wednesday Martin, who mm. is a stepmother and who wrote this incredible book, a really truthful book about how challenging it can be. And she interviewed a lot of other women who are stepmothers and talks a lot about the myths of stepmothers in our culture, that evil stepmother myth, which of course I grew up with by watching Disney movies and we all. All did yeah so so I found that book the most helpful but yeah I mean what I'm really proud of is that even though we overthought everything and we were so afraid of traumatizing the kids everything kind of came from them like we just sort of let the kids dictate what they were ready for including the first time I slept overnight including you know like it always came from them and when they felt comfy with that so you know when we finally just surrender to that that they would let us know when they were comfortable with everything and and they and it, they made us realize how cool they were about it because mm-hmm. they were they were comfortable with me being in their lives and that was my first impression of those kids was that I was welcome in their lives that they wanted me in their lives and unfortunately a lot of kids don't have that choice mm-hmm. you know and that's what I learned in that book is, is that I mean oh my goodness crystal the the biggest thing I learned from that book is that the kids that have often the hardest time dealing with with step parenting is adult stepchildren who still cannot accept the fact that their parent remarried. Oh yeah, whether a parent uh, passed away and the father remarried, or vice versa, or it was a divorce. Mm-hmm. I think we had that advantage. The kids were young enough at six, eight, and ten to be open enough to kind of understand what was going on and still be curious about having someone new in their yeah. lives. Um, but yeah, it can be a very heightened thing. And I have many friends, adult friends, who are stepchildren who I know are still struggling with accepting what well, is, accepting the step-parent they were given without a choice, yeah. right? Well, I mean, gratefully, my, my parents are still married, but I always said that. Like, because I'm so close with my parents and they have such a tight relationship, I always thought if one of them, you know, if they did get divorced or one of them remarried, I pictured myself being the, like the worst stepchild ever. Like, I, <laughs> I had that vision because I, I don't think I could accept it. Because you had such an amazing relationship right, with you them. Know? Yeah, of but it, But I think what you're saying, if you, and we'll get into this, if mm-hmm. you have an upbringing with a step-parent and it's a good relationship, yeah. then you're more open to it. Of course. Okay, so so going back, you're, you're dating your husband, you meet the kids for the first time. Did you guys know early on, it sounds like you fell madly oh my gosh. soon, that you were going to get married? Was I that- honestly... So he and I met online mm-hmm. and we had, I think, about a two hour phone call the night before we met. We had emailed a few weeks before mm-hmm. that. And he, it's funny, when we had first um, started communicating online, he was about to go on a holiday. And I remember he was emailing me from his holiday and I thought, oh, this is a very good sign. Mm-hmm. This is very good. <laughs> he's he, thinking about me. He's in Hawaii, this but is good. he's thinking of Tracy. <laughs> and so the night before we met, we had this two hour phone call. 
And I can't explain it any other way except to say that I almost could anticipate everything he was going to say. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it still feels that way 11 years later. Like, this is the only human being in my life where I will think of an, a really obscure word that I've never said out loud, and he'll say the same he word in the same moment. And, and it's like, we look at each other like, what is happening? And it's kind of been like that since, since the very beginning. He shared a few things during that first phone call. I'm pretty certain that I said near the end of the phone call when he said, um, do you want to meet for breakfast tomorrow? And of course, I was going Peter Pan. And that was going to be your first meeting. Because my whole body was saying, yes, I would love to have breakfast with you. And I remember saying to him, Rob... I feel like I've been pre- I've been preparing for this date. So I'm getting all the clamped. I feel like I've been preparing for this date my whole life. <laughs> oh my because God. because of all the weird just because of all those things that came up in the conversation about his marriage and uh, his kids and I just the whole there was like this subtext the whole time we were talking and and I kept thinking he's my guy. And I need those kids, and those kids need me. That's so incredible. And when I wow. met them three months later, probably the most nerve-wracking day of my life, waiting for them. We were at my, my in-law's cottage, my now in-law's cottage. He was on a boat coming across to this little island cottage. With I'd the already, kids? With his three kids. Oh. I'd already met two of his nephews. So they were making me feel very comfortable. I think I changed my cottage outfit three times. <laughs> and they kept saying, Tracy, it's, it's okay. It's the cottage. <laughs> and, I, and I'm seeing him come on, you know, with his kids on the boat. And they're all looking really nervous. The kids, these three blonde, adorable children. And for about five minutes, we were all very, very shy. And, you know, they're getting off the boat onto the dock. And then I tell the story a lot. And it will embarrass my oldest stepson, Cameron. But Cameron was 10 at the time. He's now 21. Oh, wow. But I remember Cameron and I were sitting on the couch together inside, and I had on these brown flip-flops, and he's like, can I try on your flip-flops? <laughs> so we touched feet, and he, and he said, hey, we have the same size feet. And it was just this little connection, this little physical connection, and it was just this sort of, I, don't, I can't explain it except to say, oh... This is all, it's all good. It was meant to be. It was meant <laughs> and to we be. Just, we just kind of, we just kind of fell into place. All three, like with all three of them, it, we all it. found a way to connect and it was very, very sweet. So the, 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 that is like so lovely. That's a beautiful, <laughs> that's a beautiful story. It's adorable. Um, the, the kids were very open to you. They were very like. curious. Now I have to mention, you mentioned 16, the cartoon. So I had an in at the time. I didn't have a, a regular role on the show. I had a couple ah. of recurring characters on the show. Okay. Lucky for me, it happened to be one of their favorite cartoons at the time. Oh, yes. So when Rob was trying to explain to them what I do, that I'm an actor, that a lot of my acting involves my voice only, the boys understood that because they were eight and ten, but Jill, who was only six, was trying to figure that out for herself and what that meant. And my one of my favorite stories is that before the kids met me, Rob said to the kids one night at dinner, do you have any questions for me about Tracy? Do you want to know anything about her? So um, I can't remember what Cameron's question was, but the middle one reads said, when I have kids... <sighs> What will they call Tracy? Oh my and when he God. told me that question, I thought, I'm already in love with him. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and Rob said, well, you'll kids probably, they'll probably call her Tracy. Yeah. And he said, okay, because he's Mr. Big Picture, and he just needed to know that. That was his biggest concern, wow. was about his own children. What a kid. And then Jillian, oh my goodness, she said, so I was playing a character who looks kind of like you, long, gorgeous red hair. Big sister of one of the main characters, Courtney. Really, really sexy. All the girls want to be her. All the guys want to date her. And she said, does Tracy look like Courtney? (laughs) (laughs) And Rob said, no, honey, she doesn't look like Courtney. (laughs) And so when Jill met me, Mm -hmm. one of the first things she said to me was, I thought you were going to look like Courtney. (laughs) 
was just so innocent. But then did you do the voice? Of course. Yeah, right. And I can see your brain kind of like, trying to process, oh, like, so what, how does she do that? And that's so weird. And why doesn't Tracy have mm. big boobs like Courtney? It was, <laughs> it was really cute. In case you so haven't innocent. met Tracy before, <laughs> lovely person, smaller boobs. That's what we're learning. Very, very, um, very slender uh, yeah, physique. Very, <laughs> and she's looking stunning today. Oh, bless your heart. Um, okay, so that's, so, oh, that, that sounds like just such an easy yeah. entry. It was, you know? this was after three months of reading every book yeah, you can imagine. Okay, and so that's researching really and, and Yeah, like uh-huh. over on, I can't express enough how much we overthought everything. But, but you would give that as advice, right? Like if someone was like entering into that kind of yeah. status of becoming a stepmom, you would say, read that book, Step Monster. Step Monster, I have to say of all of the books, was the most honest and the most practical and uh-huh. the most big picture. Uh-huh. And, and like my middle stepson, read, uh-huh. I'm very big picture. Uh-huh. And I, I just had so, I mean, the first thing she wrote about in the book, which I really loved, mm. was about the first thing she learned as a stepmother of two daughters mm-hmm. was that she needed privacy. Okay. okay. Um, and she, they lived in a place where it was kind of open concept. And ironically, so did Rob at mm-hmm. the time with the kids. And and one of the first things we did was create a door and create blinds mm-hmm. so we could have privacy. Okay. Um, because he'd been alone with the kids for two years, right? Yeah. And so, and, and did the kids live primarily with him? Oh, uh, so week on, week off. So okay. we had we had this rather idyllic situation where we could be a couple for a week and then be a family for a week. And we realized how lucky we were to have yeah, that, that is situation. A that is a dream. Yeah, because we had a really healthy balance of the two. And you know, we know many people who do the two nights on, two nights off. And I, I as a kid, like I always empathize with a kid. And I just think I would be so confused as a kid, like when you wake up in the morning, where am I? Yeah, and, where, where, Oh, man, I left my thing over there. I know exactly. There's all that back and forth. And, but for some families, it works. I mean, it's everyone. Like, there's there's no room for judgment here because everybody creates a family in the way mm-hmm. that they need to create it. But I have to say, we really enjoyed that schedule, and that schedule was already in place when I met Rob. Okay. So that's the way it remained for many many years after that. And and then how soon after um, dating Rob did you guys uh, like? When did you get married? Like um, how many years after? So we met in April of two thousand six. And that's eleven years ago, yeah. and we got married in February of two thousand eight. Okay, so, so just under two years later, and and that was a big conversation to have with the children. Absolutely, yeah. and we and you know this. I'm making yeah. it sound so Pollyanna, but we I married all of them. Like okay. they were part of the ceremony. They no, were you're, part of the you're making it sound like it just was a perfect <laughs> yeah, situation. Because, which is and so I think it's fortunate. because of what kept coming up for me was. As a kid, I had no choice. I mean, my father mm-hmm. remarried twice. He had another relationship before he passed and had children with that relationship, in that relationship. And, you know, even as the adult child, we felt we had very little say mm-hmm. as we, you know, why would we? We were adults. We had no say in what he chose to do. But these kids and many, many kids in the world have no choice. And so we wanted to make sure they were comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, the whole time we were dating, I kept pinching myself because I knew because uh, of dating other people with children that if, you know, I met, I dated men that didn't want me to meet their kids because yeah, yeah. they probably knew on date number three that we weren't going to be married. Right. And whereas I think my third date with Robbie was showing me pictures of his kids and I thought, oh, this is a good sign. This yeah. is really <laughs> because it's such a confidential thing. I mean, I remember dating someone once only several times and he didn't want me to know his kids' names. And I thought, oh, okay. like it really yeah, hurt yeah. my feelings. Yeah, and I thought, no, bizarre. but now I get it because mm-hmm. it's such it's such a personal thing and it's such a vulnerable thing to allow someone into that with you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so the kids were part of the ceremony. We, they, we, of course, made sure they were comfortable. They wanted us to get married. They wanted me to move in, you know, before mm-hmm. then. So, yeah, it was very, uh, it was done very gradually. And the, the advice, it's just, it kills me because this is what my late mother always said to me about guys mm-hmm. was, dear, 
let them come to you. <laughs> and what drove me crazy was that was Rob's advice to me about the kids. Let them come to you, which always meant in a really loving way, stop trying so hard. Okay. But stop. they did. They did come they to did. you. Right? They did. They really did in the very first um, early stages for sure. But, you know, sometimes as step parents, we feel that pressure to be, the, you know, fun Tracy. And at first, you know, I was such a, they were so curious about me and I was fun Tracy, but I never tried to be their mother. But at the same time, I'm an extremely maternal person. And I was very lucky because all of my nieces and my nephew are about the same age as my stepkids. So I already had this wonderful history with those kids and a lot of experience with those kids. And of course, my stepkids were delighted to have an instant family of new cousins. You know? yeah, yeah. So we became this, like, it was really interesting how it all played out. So I was already fun, Tracy, and cool Auntie Trace. But, it, you know, I, there was definitely a shift after we got married, like there was sort of a reality check for all of us that, oh, it's not just fun, Tracy, anymore. When dad's not here, Tracy's going to have to discipline okay. us. And so, so you did start taking on that role. That was humbling. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> because of course, never really went over well when I had to discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and I really didn't want to be in that role, but sometimes it's inevitable. Yeah. Okay. And how did they take to that? Like, <gasps> oh, was it, it was hard? It was really hard. Yeah. I mean, and I, the thing I think I'm most proud of is what I said to Rob right out of the gate, Crystal, was I'm never going to... I'm never, I, I can't remember how I worded it to him. The only way I can express it to you is I said to him, I'm only going to be who I am in mm-hmm. front of those kids. I'm never going to have a mask on. If I'm disappointed, they're going to know. Because the thing I say to my, about people about myself is that I'm a really good actor, but not in real life. Because I'm so hypersensitive. And if my feelings are hurt, I'm the person that says, oh, wow, where did that come from? Like I call behavior, which has taken years to do. And, and it's hard to call behavior because mm-hmm. it can be really painful and really difficult. But in, you know, for example, when my mother passed away, I had to explain to the kids that grief is very unpredictable and that sometimes I'm going to be snappy and, and, and I'm not going to seem like me and I'll call myself on it. And I could see in their eyes and their whole bodies this, oh my gosh, I'm not used to grown-ups telling me that. Thank mm. you for telling me that. No, I, I think it's so, amazing you told them that. It's so important. Because yeah. I didn't have that. And I, it's kind of like how I feel about my teaching. I wanted to be the teacher I needed mm. or the teacher that combined all the best teachers I had. And because I was lucky to have an amazing stepmom, I wanted to be a great parent in a way that I wasn't parenting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to take all the best things that my stepmom Linda had given me. That's something I think I'm most proud of is that what you see is what you get. And mm-hmm. that's how Rob described himself to me. Okay. What you see is what you get. <laughs> so it's been a really interesting journey that way and and humbling, honestly, humbling beyond belief at times. Um, what, but, what, what would you say have been the, the challenges of being a stepmom? It's funny, I, before we started talking today, I mentioned to you I always get the same two questions when people find out that that I'm married to someone with children. And then I'm going to say, I just guess something to do with the ex-wife or the ex-partner. And by the way, these questions always happen in audition rooms at bookings or at industry events. <laughs> is it as soon as you mention your stepmom? Yeah, as soon as I mention I'm a stepmom or I have stepkids, or when Rob is beside me, they always say, is he in the business? Of course. Oh, that's <laughs> he's good. really handsome. So they always assume he's in the business. It's hilarious because most people think Rob is Michael Keaton. And, and he's getting this more and more as he gets older. Everyone, like, like people regularly say... You're Michael Keaton, right? And he's like, oh I don't God. see it at all. But as a, as a side note, has he booked? Has he booked, <laughs> he hasn't any booked anything? No? But we, okay. I took him to the Actor Awards years yeah. ago, and actors were coming up to him saying, "Hey, man, nice work in that film." And that's amazing. And Rob has just now learned to say thanks, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh my God! And everyone's like, Tracy's now married to Michael Keaton, and I and, and I, it's a, a joke because I always feel like the supportive wife, and he's the actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the second question I always get is, 
oh, what's your relationship like with the ex-wife? Or what's the ex-wife like? And I'm consciously going to tell you, right, I I made this decision already. I'm not going to talk about the Mm -hmm. ex-wife, except in general terms, because it's such a loaded question. Mm -hmm. That has been the biggest challenge is how to gauge questions like that, how to to, um, graciously feel questions about the ex when the truth is that the ex is not part of our lives. And, and, and these kids have very separate lives. They mm-hmm. have their life with their mom and her family, and they have their life with Rob and I and our family and, and my extended family. Um, so it's, it, they're very separate. And in many ways, we saw the kids having to kind of compartmentalize um, just by necessity, because mm-hmm. that was kind of, and they, you know, by the end of our week with them, to be really honest, we'd be ready for them to go and have their week with their mom. And when they'd come back the following week, we couldn't wait for them to come back. Like there was the, that was the advantage of having the week on week off as well, that things, you could feel things shifting, like, Mm -hmm. okay, they're getting back into how they act with mom. And then when they come back, it was like, oh yeah, you guys, oh yeah, these rules, right? Like two very different worlds. And that's, that can be a challenge, right? But I was, I'm proud to say that I've, that I've never been told, uh, well, you're not my mother. And, you know, I've never had that experience, but I was never trying to be their mother. Mm -hmm. Yet I was in this very nervous nurturing, co-parenting role. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are my kids. Like, that's what's really weird about being a step-parent is I feel like those are my kids because I've helped raise them for the last well, 11 yes, years. You did. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's yeah. a very interesting dynamic. It's a, it sounds like the best of two worlds because being someone that, like, obviously now doesn't have children but still kind of on the fence or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but, like, your situation right now, I'm going, this is a dream. Like, <laughs> you get a kid for a week or, you know, yeah. and then you can do everything you want and then you, you have your time alone with your partner. You yeah. know, it sounds like a really beautiful situation. It is. And it's... And it's yeah, it's, we, we feel very lucky mm-hmm. that way because I think it can get very complicated when it's week, like one night on, one night off or parents who used to be married who are in the same house and they're sharing apartments. Like I, I know lots of friends who are dealing with very different scenarios. And yeah, I, I definitely saw it as a plus when we were dating because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was also a great way to introduce me into their world. Like mm-hmm. it was because it, it was a huge lifestyle change for me, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was wide open. But you, you came into their life when they were quite young, like, you yeah. know, as we're saying, as opposed to them being older, and then it's yeah. a major, major shift. Oh, you yeah. Know? So now it's been, what, 11, 11 years? 11 years, yeah. And, um, and what what's changed, oh, or what's goodness. your relationship like now with the kids? Well, the biggest change is that none of them are living with us now, okay. and that's weird. So we've got we've got the empty nest, but it, it strangely doesn't feel empty because mm. we see them all the time. In fact, we just came back from a holiday yeah. with them, which was lovely. Very tanned. Very, <laughs> very tickly. Um, the whole family went on a holiday? Yeah, yeah. all five of us and went away. And the kids away. are how old? So now they're 17, 19, and 21. Okay. So we, we, it's funny, um, we were only all together for about 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So Rob and the eldest had the first part of the trip together. Then Jillian and I joined them in the middle and then mm-hmm. Reed joined us at the end. And so we all spent Easter weekend together in California, which was really lovely. And we hadn't had a family vacation for five years. So That's we were amazing. all very happy to be there. And so it's interesting now because uh, the boys live very close to us. They live together on their mm-hmm. own in their own place, mm-hmm. about a 10 minute walk away from where we live. So, you know, Rob is the landlord and, <laughs> and Rob is also very, very close friends with his kids, which is beautiful. And we regularly get together with the kids for brunch, for dinner. They we want to hang out with you. They want to hang out of with course. us. And that's something, awesome. that's something we're very proud of. Mm-hmm. They like hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I was leaving this morning to go to my audition to play cake, um, <laughs> Rob said, oh, Jillian wants us all to get together. 
together for brunch on Saturday. It's like, cool. So, cause already we're already, we're missing each other cause we just had a holiday together. So yeah, they, they like hanging out with us, which is really nice. And Cameron and Rob have worked out together twice this week, you know, in our building and you know, like they hang out and they talk a lot. And I think Rob texts them every morning, all three kids to say okay. good morning. And like they're, we just, they're You're just part close, of our lives. Yeah, okay. Jillian, my youngest still lives with her mom mm-hmm. and yeah, we see her pretty regularly um she recently had a a little health issue and she stayed with us while she was recovering and that was actually the most time she's been in our home for quite a few years which was quite lovely did you feel you took on a motherly role then like taking care of her yes it was really a huge gift because yeah it had been quite a few years since she lived with us and that was a really nice bonus and then we had the holiday soon after that so yeah it's been more more contact with her than we've had in a really long time so but you know because of their ages they have so much going on in their lives they're all very creative and you know Jillian dances three Mm -hmm. times a week and you know they're they're very busy doing what they do Cameron's a musician Reed's working full-time so yeah it it makes it more special when they want to get together because we it's obviously a big priority for all of us to get together and how how cool that they're uh, in the arts as well yeah they are um I'm sure you've inspired them a lot. You know what? That's been one of the coolest things because their dad's very creative as well. He's not in a creative profession, but he's one of the most creative people I know. He's really into architecture and design Mm -hmm. and he's now built two cottages, one for us, one for his parents. He's extremely talented and really, really smart guy. And so our oldest is in just finishing his third year of music at Humber. The middle one was at OCAD for advertising for a year, but now he's already working full-time in the advertising industry, working in media. He's so smart. Jillian wants to go into fashion. She wants to go Mm -hmm. into merchandising and the business side of fashion. You know, when I met Rob, I had just done a series in in Montreal for two years, uh, the tournament. I had done a lot of theater out of out of Toronto. I had done a lot of touring. You never stop working, Tracy. Well, I and but what was interesting, I had been teaching at the point at Second City, and I realized because I knew I was going to be a stepmom, I had to find a way to stay in the city and still be creative, which is why I created my voiceover program mm-hmm. that I ran for nine years. And I took a break from theater for a while. And it was only in the last, I'd say starting in 2012, so the last five years or so, I thought, no, I want to I take some baby steps back into theater. And I was in an improv class and I started a, working on a solo show that mm-hmm. I did. I've done two productions of and I had two workshops of that. And, you know, the kids started to see me as a performer on mm-hmm. stage, performing live and improvising. And that was really interesting because they knew me as a voice actor. They'd see me on a few things on TV. They, I was on a kid's show that they mm-hmm. watched called Really Me. So that was kind of fun for them to see me in a wig playing a really big character. But this was the first time they were seeing me as an improviser riding on her feet, really, How really, cool, truly yeah. creating in front of them. And I remember just kind of seeing them going, oh, wow, you're really in this. Like, you're really, you're really, <laughs> this is, this what is you your do. job. And I did my first play, first scripted play in 10 years this past summer, The Glass Menagerie. One of the biggest compliments I got was from Reed, the middle stepson, and he was waiting for me. The rest of the family saw the show together. together. Yeah. Well, they all came on opening night, but he, he wasn't able to come to opening, mm. so he came to a later performance. And I think he was the first one waiting when I came out after the show. And he said, I didn't recognize anything about you in that role. Oh, <laughs> and I still, like I said, you have no idea compliment. how much that means to me. Because it was a really challenging part for me to play. Mm-hmm. Hardest part I've ever played. Amanda Wingfield mm-hmm. in The Glass Menagerie. So I, it was a really interesting moment for me as a creative person, seeing him as a creative person going, oh man, like this, 
wow, because he never seen me do that. Yeah. And and I was I it was one of my favorite moments I've ever had with him where I thought he just sat there by himself watching that show. His mind was blown. There was he couldn't recognize me and that was really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so That's I, so awesome. That was a big moment. Yeah. Big moment. Absolutely. Wow. Um, Can you tell I'm crazy about them? (laughs) They sound like great kids. They're really cool. And and again, I'm just in awe of your whole story. Like, it just sounds like such a beautiful thing. It's been pretty nice. It's been, it's been good. What what have been the differences having, you have uh, two boys and a girl, right? And and the daughter, does she, Jillian, does she come to you ever for advice or womanly advice or like? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I want to say, gosh, like she's 17 now. I want to say about five years ago mm-hmm. you know we were at the time we were living in the beach which feels like a small town within the city that's where they were all born mm-hmm. really safe place to grow up and she was starting to have that awareness as we all do when we're young girls becoming young women she was suddenly very aware of being noticed and being watched mm-hmm. by men on the street and and I knew that was coming because she's she's extremely good looking and she's and she looks much older than she is now. She's 17. A lot of people think she's 21, mm-hmm. 22. But I remember her, I don't remember how she worded it, but she was she was making it very clear that she was aware of that and sometimes she doesn't feel safe. And, and so I found myself saying, well, here's what I do when I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I usually just go up to a woman who's walking by herself and say, hi, can we be friends right now and pretend we're friends? <laughs> and Is that what you do? Which, I love yeah, that. Which, and I thought, I don't want her to be afraid. I want her to find allies in other women or else I, I would say to her, or you can go into a store and say, hi, I'm not feeling safe right now. I'm just going to pretend to be in your store shopping. Is mm-hmm. that okay? And I said, I, you know, I doubt anyone's going to say, no, you have to Get leave. But, and I, part of me was scared that I was making her scared, but I thought, no, sometimes I don't feel safe. And so that's how I cope with it. Mm-hmm. So I've just tried to be honest with her about how I deal with things. I don't want her to be afraid in the world, mm-hmm. but Jillian's a really incredible observer. And I think she has the advantage being the youngest. She's watched her brother's experience mm-hmm. and, and she's, she's a really smart, smart cookie. And so I, I trust, you know, her instincts are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, those moments are, you're very aware as the step parent of how mindful you have to be and you don't want to scare a, a right. young or woman. crossing the line yeah. of like, this isn't my place to give her exactly. this yeah. Exactly. It's hard to know what my role is sometimes because sometimes I, I think I have an advantage of being a little more impartial and mm-hmm. being like now as she gets older, like I, it's, it's, it's really cool. Rob and I had time alone with her on our trip and it was just so magical having all that time two on one with her, which is so rare. And like she's talking about dating and everything with you. Not or, yet, no, not no, with me, child, not yeah. with me, but she's, she's just comfortable with who she is and she's mm-hmm. got really great friends and she's, um, I just really like who she is and I'm, I can't wait to see what she does. I mean, I feel You're the same way about, about <laughs> Um, and and the guys, what's been the difference of the relationship like you, you know, of raising two boys? Like, honestly, the hardest thing for me, because uh, I'm so um, I'm so squeamish. I'm so, you know, when the mm-hmm. boys were doing things like longboarding and, you know, like I, I was always the one wanting to say, don't fall, you'll get a head injury. Like, I would just have to walk away. I couldn't watch them doing dangerous things mm-hmm. when they go snowboarding. I would just. I would just go hide in the chalet. I just couldn't watch. Drink wine. Um, I, I just never did well with the, with the, the you know, when they'd be wrestling on the ground because mm-hmm. usually, always, one person would get hurt and yeah, I would so find myself saying someone's going to get hurt. So I was gonna, and I would just have to learn to walk away and let Rob deal with it because, you know, I, I just, that part of it, the, the rough housing part of it, I didn't do very well with. So I would just, you know, distance myself <laughs> just, you know, keep my sanity um, and to stop worrying because okay. so much of it, like, realizing of course as we do many times that we have no control Mm -hmm. um things are gonna you know pan out the way they pan out so 
I have a little brother and um, I was very aware of the difference between, you know, in my family anyway, like the joke in my family was that when my brother came home, my brother was adopted. He was adorable. I was five when he came home. The joke that I've always had is that that's the day I became a feminist, um, which I think Sandra Seamus also said about her brother. Because, <laughs> um, all you know, the double standard was, was in full effect when yeah. my brother arrived. Um, but what I love about our kids is that, you know, the sibling, the equality thing is always, it's always been very alive. Like, you know, especially in our family with, with, with the way we have always tr- dealt with things. Like, if one person gets something, the other people get it too. Like, it all works out evenly in the end. Um, Jillian and Reed, sorry, Jillian and Cameron both had to have braces. Okay. And one day, Reed comes home from grade six. He's never had braces. Mm-hmm. And he's been working this out. This mm-hmm. is a big picture guy. And he says to Rob, I'm thinking about this. And since Jillian and Cameron both had braces, I think that I should have $6,000. <laughs> he's worked out how much it costs. Hey. And Rob basically said, yep. no, Smart I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. That's hilarious. <laughs> Because, you know, all yeah. in fairness with siblings and equality and yeah, I know. My brother once, um, he got a new pair of shoes because he spilled paint on them. Yes. And then I went and took a paint can and dumped <gasps> them all in my shoes. And then I went and told my mom, like, look, I got paint. And she's like, too bad. Nice like, try. You know, and I had to, I was stuck with the, the shoes with the paint, you know? Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a few more, like, you know, we're getting to time, but there's so many things. Um, if this is not, I don't think this is too personal, but did you and Rob ever talk about potentially having a child together a we did child we we talked about it a lot we we really really did i was i was 42 when i met rob oh you so, were oh. yeah so i was i, I was you were 42 now oh, Tracy. bless yeah. your heart wow yeah, get to know me we I, we agonized over it we talked about it a lot and honestly you know it's a big discussion it's a whole other show mm-hmm. but what it came down to was you know that there are more risks for mm-hmm. you know when both parents are over 40 it's a crazy female thing, but I needed to know that I was fertile. <laughs> yeah, yep. And I knew instinctively that I was. And my doctor warned me that, well, after 40, I'm just going to warn you. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was off the charts fertile, which I knew I was. And I think just my ego as a woman needed to know that. I, I'm, I'm dealing with that. Yeah, I have that right now as well. And because like, of, I'm, I won't disclose too much, but because of some family mm-hmm. uh, medical issues and other issues, my doctor was really clear with me. And she said, she said, if you and Rob want to have children, you should adopt. And as soon as she said that, I thought, why would I mess with these three already perfectly formed human beings yep. who are healthy and who want me in their lives? Mm-hmm. And we were both established in our careers. And that was kind of the moment that I made the decision. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't need a child that badly. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, my father was adopted. My brother was adopted. My sister's wow. an adoption social worker. I was open to adopting as well. But I looked at what I had in front of me and I thought, accept what you have Mm -hmm. and it's all there. Be grateful for what you already have. And the decision was pretty much made for us. So we've never regretted that decision. Mm -hmm. We've certainly talked about wouldn't it have been nice if we'd had a child together 15 years ago or even 10, you Mm -hmm. know, 10 years before we met rather. But it wasn't the way it was meant to be. And we have this beautiful family. So I I have no regrets. That's amazing. I do love babies though. And now I fantasize about being a grandmother, but not too soon. Okay. Okay. Not too soon. (laughs) Okay. Well, 21. Um, and, and being, um, you know, high up in your career at the time when the kids were young, um, did it affect any, like, did you have to make some sacrifices or? No, because I'd already made the decision not to go out of town. Mm-hmm. So that I'd already made that decision for myself. Um, so I just lucked out. I, I, I was getting work in the city and I was, te- my teaching career kept me in the mm-hmm. city, kept me busy. I was able to choose my own hours. Yeah. So it wasn't until they got a little older, like in the last four or five years mm-hmm. that I started to take baby steps to doing more things. I still haven't really done anything out of town since, mm-hmm. since I've been there stepmom. 
overwhelmed by it. But now I would feel much more comfortable about doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. So I didn't really have to make any sacrifices, to okay. be honest. And and what what do you hope for the the kids in the future? I guess like what 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 do you see in ten years? Or oh man, I I guess the biggest thing I hope for them. I already feel instinctively like they're, I I know they're going to be okay Mm -hmm. because they're so supported. They have so much support on both sides of their family. And because they have had so much support um, and because Rob and I are so creative Mm -hmm. um, and because, you know, on their mom's side, they have, their uncles are incredibly creative and they have all these people who are so fascinated by them and what they're doing and who encourage them to take risks. So I'm just kind of curious. I'm just so curious to see where they're all going to land. And already, you know, Cameron is a musician and a composer and a singer, and he's got all these incredible opportunities in front of him. He's got one more year of music school at Humber. I can't wait to see what he does with his music. Reed is already working full-time in advertising. He's so creative and I, I feel like his kids are all just he, brilliant. He, I feel like he's going to be just fine. And Jillian, so smart and mm-hmm. so. Um, I just, I'm so curious to see where she's going to end up, where she's going to go to school. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm. I can't wait to see who they're going to fall in love with and mm-hmm. what their kids and, are going to be like, and, 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 and what their kids are going to call me, yeah. <laughs> Tracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you're just such a, a lovely person, and uh, of course, they're so, so grateful you. for you. <laughs> but I mean, they're, you know, I know how lucky you are to have the kids, but they're mm-hmm. just as lucky to have oh, you. Thank and, you. And um, I've honestly never heard such a beautiful, supportive story. I know it doesn't go that way. You know, maybe I'll get no, another stepmom on here. It can be challenging. It can be challenging. You know, I had, I had uh, crazy struggles, but I think it's so you know, incredible that this whole happened in your life and, and you're happy with this and you have three beautiful kids and you get the best of both worlds. Like you are selling this to me, you know? <laughs> like now I kinda wish my husband had kids from another Aww. life, you know. But Aww. um but thank you, Tracy. Um any last thoughts on any advice or anything for someone who's kind of finding themselves in this situation? Um I'm gonna read the book. I, I, I just realized I didn't really get a chance to talk mm-hmm. about my stepmom Linda. And I my, my stepmom Linda, I met her when I was seventeen. And sadly, she passed when I was uh, only 24. So she oh, was only my life yeah, for a very precious time with her. chapter. But I, I ended up, I, I started to write a young adult novel about her, which I hope to finish one day. Because of one thing that she said to me when I first moved in with she and my father, and I, and I had a very complicated relationship with my late mother. And I my biggest memory of Linda was I'd had a false start um, when my mother kicked me out when I was 17 and I, I was forced to move in with my dad and Linda. Mm-hmm. And then my mother made me go back home. And then the following year, the same thing happened and I stayed. And so it, when I went back the second time when I was 18, um, I just remember sitting in my dad's living room and Linda looking at me and saying, tell me everything. Mm. Mm. And that changed my life. It was the first time that I, that a grown up said to me, I want to know what happened to you. I want to know who you are. And I sat there and I thought, that's what a parent Mm. should be. Mm. And I feel like she gave me that gift. And that's, I've been given this gift in return to give that to my kids. And it's... Oh, my God. We're all getting a little verklempt over here. She's she's around me all the time. And I feel really, really grateful that I I, I had her in my life. That's beautiful. Aw, and it's you know, it's just unfortunate you didn't have as much time with her. Yeah, and if I ever do write that book, that's mm-hmm. the name of the book. Tell you, me everything. You've got yeah, <laughs> great. And in your own mother, you had a okay relationship. No, I had a very complicated oh. relationship with my mom, and yet my mother, um, who's been gone now for seven years, all of us, all four of the mm-hmm. siblings, hear her voice every day. Like my mother 
my, when my mom was great, she was amazing. And when she was not great, she was, she was a challenge. Mm. And, and every, all of the best things I've taught my kids came from my mom. Mm. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm very grateful to her for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of our humor in our family comes from my mm-hmm. mom. Our very, very dark humor. <laughs> and, and if my mom were here right now, she would have said, Dear, it's a shame you had nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you had lots to talk about. In fact, you had so much to talk about. I want to, I, I need to like get you back on this. And uh, what a fascinating like family life you have and everything. Like there's endless to talk about. Um, we got a wrap for now, but I want to thank you so much for, you know, thank you. And, and opening up to our listeners, like, all about being a stepmom and, and the joys and the beauty of it and that it can be easy and it can be a, a nice transition. Um, that has been Tracy Hoyt. Um, this has been All Kidding Aside Podcast. If you want to comment or have any questions, we're at All Kidding Aside Podcast at gmail.com. I've been Crystal Bartelzi. Thanks for listening. That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.